Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Force. Join us now for a service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. All right, tonight we're going to continue our study on uh, spiritual warfare. And, um, and last, last Wednesday night we talked about generational curses. We talked about the causes of them. And I shared with you out of the scripture where the Bible says that a church call, or, or a curse causeless will not come. And so we realize that there is a cause many times for curses. And, and, and the thing is, is, you know, we're not trying to... We're not trying to spend a whole lot of time on this, but we are studying spiritual warfare, and so we do not need to be ignorant of Satan's devices. And if we know how he operates, then we can know how to combat him, right? Well, tonight, uh, we're going to talk about the cure for generational curses. How many would like to uh, hear about that tonight? We're going to talk about the cure. Uh, We know that uh, generational curses uh, can be real. But let me tell you something, so was the cross. And so was the sacrifice that Jesus made there over 2,000 years ago. And so we're going to begin tonight uh, out of Galatians chapter 3, uh, verses uh, 10 through 14. And uh, we're going to begin there and we're going to talk about the cure for generational curses tonight. Would you pray with me? Father, we just come to you right now in the name of Jesus and we thank you for the the privilege and the joy that we have to be able to gather together around your word and to learn of you. I thank you for everyone that calls Lakewood home. I thank you for the many families, the many people that are connected to this church and to this ministry. Thank you for the reach that you have given us, Father. We love you and thank you so much for it. That's why we call you Abba, the Father that we love. And God, I pray that you would just open our ears to hear now and our hearts to receive. Make my lips as or my tongue as the tongue of a ready rider. Father, let me speak with fluency and clarity tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. The cure for generational curses. There's one source for that cure, and that's God. One source for the cure. There's one channel for that cure, and that channel is the cross of Jesus Christ. There's one basis for that cure, and that is the work of the cross. And there is one way to appropriate it and that is through faith. Through faith. Galatians chapter 3 verses 10 through 14 speaks of the journey from the curse to the blessing and it says this. It says for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything that is written in the book of the law. Now this is talking about old Mosaic law. Verse number 11, and this is in the NIV by the way. Clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. So we're not justified by the works of the law. We are justified by faith. Righteous people live by faith. Then it goes on and expounds in verse number 12. It says, The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says, The person who does these things will live by them. Now look at verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole, or the King James Version says, who hangeth 
on a tree. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Touch your neighbor and tell them you are no longer under the old Mosaic law. You're not. We are no longer under the old Mosaic law. We live by faith. We're under grace. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean, now listen, that does not mean that we ignore the law because the law was the schoolmaster of things that were to come. And so the law is the foundation of our faith. Jesus said it like this. He said, I've not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. That means to fill it up, to finish it, to satisfy it. And so when Jesus died on Calvary, then He took upon Himself the curse of the law and conquered the curse of the law and opened up a brand new dispensation that we, which is a time frame that we call the dispensation of grace. And now we live in the grace of God and we live by faith in Jesus Christ. In Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 21 through 23, we find where the Bible says, according to the law of Moses, that people are cursed who hang on a tree. If a man who have committed a sin worthy of death and he be, and he be put to death, and you hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night upon the tree. But you shall in, no, in any wise bury him for that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of God, that thy land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. So the Bible says there, and that was Deuteronomy 21, 22 through 23. Now that's the scripture that... Paul was referencing when he was writing to the church of Galatia there in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 when he said, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole or hangs on a tree. Now verse number 14 says this, He redeemed us. Okay, I'm about to shout now. Y'all ready for this? He redeemed us in order that the blessing that was given to Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. God never does anything without purpose. I said God never does anything without purpose. And so when Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, He redeemed us so we could be blessed. So the blessing that was upon Abraham, now listen, now listen to the wording, might come upon the Gentiles. Now the wording there is the blessing might come. How come the wording is the blessing might come? Because the only way it can come or the only way it can be appropriated is by faith. So we have to learn faith. We have to learn what faith is. We have to learn how to walk by faith. We have to learn how to talk by faith. We have to learn how to live by faith. We have to learn how to appropriate the blessing that is upon us by faith. We have to learn how to access 
everything that Calvary paid for because when Jesus died, He did not die in vain. He didn't shed His blood in vain. The Calvary's cross was there for a reason, for a purpose. I believe that God looked down through the eons of time and saw a place in, in, in the future that needed to eventually be a pivotal point for history. And he picked a place called Golgotha and he sent his son Jesus to die the death of a malefactor or a criminal so that he could bear the curse of sin upon himself upon the tree and conquer the power of death and sin and hell and the grave and three days later come forth in power and resurrection to make it possible for you and I one day to be able to access the blessing that was upon Abraham and by faith pull it into our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You talk about You talk about destroying a generational curse. You talk about getting rid of of a generational curse. I don't care how many witches lined up to curse your family. As soon as they run into the cross of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ, they have no power. They have no power, no power at all. We have power. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. You have power over all the power of the enemy. Our speech and our preaching is not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but it's in the power and in the demonstration of the Spirit of God. And the reason it's in the power and in the demonstration of the Spirit of God is because 2,000 years ago, He became a curse so that we could become blessed. Hallelujah. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. The cross totally satisfied the legal requirement of the law. Come on now. Tell somebody the cross satisfied the legal requirement of the law. That's powerful. That's powerful. I've not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. I've come to satisfy it. I've come to fill it up. I've come to take care of it. I've come to, to, for there to be the dawning of a brand new day. Today, now listen to me. Today, the battle is between legality and experiential. In other words, experience. The battle is between the legal and the experience because there is a legalistic spirit that is still hanging around in the earth today trying to convince us that we have to work our way into the place to be be worthy of God's blessing. That we have to work our way into the place to be worthy of heaven. Let me tell you something. The, The Bible said it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now, what did He wash us? The washing of regeneration. What did He wash us with? He washed us with the blood and He's washed us with the washing of the water of the Word. The washing of the water of the Word. So the battle today is between the legal and the experience. Instead of just hearing the law, people today need to experience Jesus Christ. Now back then, they didn't have to have a feeling. They didn't have to have an experience. All they had to do was satisfy the requirements of the law. That's the way it was set up. That was the law of Moses. It's the way that it was set up. But I think God got tired of being so far away from man. 
I think it got tired. I mean, basically, the, the whole reason we were created was to be a worshiper. The whole reason that we were created so that, was so that we could walk with God in the cool of the day. I mean, my goodness, when God created Adam and Eve, what was the purpose of that? So he could come down and walk with him in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden. That was why God, cre- God got tired of being alone and he created man. Created man. Created man for fellowship. He created man for intimacy. He created man so that so that he wouldn't have to be alone. But sin separated, and where sin entered, then the law had to come. And so what happened is as time went on, it's almost like there was this council that took place between God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit in heaven. And it's almost like, you know what? This, is what? this isn't what we created man for. We didn't create them to force a whole bunch of requirements upon them. We created them for intimacy. We created them for fellowship. We created them for relationship. We created them for that. So what we need to do is we need to send a sacrifice to the earth to satisfy the requirements of the legal system that we have established called the law of Moses God's law we need to satisfy that so once again we can we can create an avenue for man to once again access us and so we can have a relationship with him and come in fellowship with him again it's the whole purpose you were created to have fellowship with God we were created to have fellowship with God. So the battle today, see, the enemy wants to keep us under the law. The enemy wants to keep us under religion. The enemy wants to keep us under legality. God says, I want to have you to have an experience with me. Amen. Now, sometimes when this war is going on, sometimes when that war is going on, we have to fight for our freedom. How do you fight for your freedom? By faith. You fight by faith. That means that when you don't see anything happening, you still keep putting the word out there. That means when you've been to the altar a dozen times and it seems like that the heaven is brass and the earth is iron and there's no breaking through, you still get up and you still come to the altar and you still kneel at the same place and you still try to get a hold of God and you press through. When I was a kid growing up in church, them grandmas used to talk about ringing the prayer bells of heaven. They talked about praying through. How many are, are familiar with that term? We, come on, we're going to have a prayer meeting and we're not going to quit until we've prayed through. We're not going to quit until we've touched heaven. We're not going to quit. Now, how many remember this? We're not going to quit until we get under the spout where the glory of God comes out. Hmm. Sometimes you got to fight for your freedom. Sometimes you got to pray until something happens. Sometimes we've got to activate the word until something happens. Sometimes when we don't feel like anything is happening, we don't feel like anything's going the right direction, that doesn't mean that God's word has changed. God's word has not changed. But if you keep working it, it'll change you. And when it changes you, it will position you to receive what you need from God. In moving from, the leg- from legality to experience, many times the key is determining the cause. How come I'm in the situation that I'm in? Okay, Lord, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put your word on it. You know why? Because the word will work. Work the word. 
Amen. The word will work if you work the word. We need to pay special attention sometimes to curses where there is an additional cause beyond simple disobedience to God's law. Moving from the legal to the experience, many times we need to determine the cause. Why was there a curse? How come there is a curse? How come? The primary cause of curses in the Old Testament was occult involvement. Occult involvement. Occultic involvement. Deuteronomy chapter 27 and verse number 15 says this, Cursed is everyone who makes an idol. A thing detestable to the Lord, the work of skilled hands, and sets it up in secret, then all the people shall say, Amen. The most dangerous form of idolatry is secret idolatry. I preached a message many, many years ago, 25 or 30 years ago when I was evangelized, and I preached a message called The Downward Spiral of Secret Sin. A lot of people gave their life to the Lord off of that message. I preached it four or five different times as I traveled across the United States. I found out that there are a lot of people today, and I even found out that there were things in my life that I had turned into idols. And I found out way back then that any, anything that takes you away from God is your idol. It's your idol. When we talk about an idol, we're not just talking about, like Josh was talking about Sunday morning. Pastor Josh, he was talking about Sunday morning. Come to think of it. We're not just talking about, I think the statement he made was this. I don't think any of us are having a problem wanting to bow down to the gnomes in our front yard. (laughs) And by the way, if you wasn't here Sunday morning, that was one heck of a message. Powerful, powerful. But, An idol can be knowledge. An idol can be influence. An idol can be position. An idol can be family. Some people worship their family. They worship their family so much they can't even worship God on a consistent basis because they're too busy worshiping their family. It's God first, family second. Many things can become idols today. And the Bible said, cursed is anyone who makes an idol. Your money can become an idol. Your home can become an idol. Your car can become an idol. Your friends can become an idol. Your stature, your stature can be, your opinions. Shout now. I'm preaching good now. Your opinions, our opinions, my opinions can become an idol. The Bible said that when, when we allow idols into our life, that we're allowing a curse into our life. Cursed is anyone who makes an idol. A thing that's detestable to the Lord. The work of skilled hands and sets it up in secret. And the consequences of these curses, according to Deuteronomy chapter 5, 6 through 11, can go to the third and fourth generation. Now, how do we stop that? With the cure. With Jesus. Deuteronomy Deuronomy 5, 6 through 11. Let's look at that for a minute. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. 
And then he goes on to verse number 7. He said, you shall have no other gods before me. In other words, no idols, no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. And you shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. That means if I walk in the love of God, then God's love can cancel the curse of my forefathers in my life and, 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 and the curse is only powerful enough to last three or four generations, but the Bible said that the blessing is powerful enough to last up to a thousand generations. Now, who's more powerful, God or the devil? No brainer. No brainer then how come we listen to the devil so much? We let him convince us. Well, this is on me because it was on my mama and it was on her mama and it was on her... No, 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 no. You had too many cheeseburgers. That's why it's on you. Your arteries are clogged not because of your DNA. They're clogged because of cheeseburgers and french fries and you know fried chicken and pork chops and oh Jesus hallelujah now look at this verse number 11 now look at verse number 11 now I threw this in here it was the next verse and I thought should I put this in here or shouldn't I and I, and I thought yeah I think I will now listen it's, it's, it's all talking about the blessing and the curse now look at verse number 11 you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses His name. That's why we don't say GD. That's why we don't say Jesus unless we're really calling on Him. I was working with someone at the dairy many, many years ago, working with them, and they just... They, they were like, uh, you know, J.C. all of the time. And then, they, and then they started, and they did it because they knew I was a minister. And then they started J.F.C. Oh, no, Lord, no. Huh? Well, now, I can't do it as good as you did, Irma, but I'll try. Oh, Lord, no. Oh, no, Lord, no. No, Lord, no. That was good, though. I said, Lord, what am I supposed to do about this? Because I know they're just trying to crank my motor, God. What what am I supposed to do about this? Because every time that comes out of their mouth, I love you, God, and I just want to smack them. I just want to, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, just look at him and say, keep calling on him and one day he'll answer. So every time he would do that, I said, Jeremy? He said, what? I said, keep calling on him and one day he'll answer. He quit. He quit. I guess he didn't want God to answer. (laughs) You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Freedom begins with repentance. 
Freedom begins with repentance. Listen to me very closely here, okay? Repentance from curses is turning from whatever evil conduct has exposed you to that curse. Repentance from curses is saying, you know what? There must be a cause for this curse. And many times that cause is wrapped up in conduct. And maybe I've got pathological or learned conduct that is attracting a curse rather than attracting a blessing. And so, Lord, would you open my eyes that I may see, Lord, what it is that's causing these things in my life. And so when the Lord opens your eyes, then you repent. You say, Lord, I'm sorry, but repentance is not crocodile tears. Repentance is a change of heart, and it's a change of direction, and it's a change of mind. And so what you do is you say, Lord, I repent of that, and what you're saying, is I'm going to turn from that kind of conduct that has been the cause of this curse. I'm going to turn from that kind of conduct and Lord, I'm going to walk in this direction because I feel like it's the direction that you want me to walk in and all of a sudden you'll start feeling the chains of that curse begin to break off of your life. See, right choices produce right results. Wrong choices produce wrong results. We can't blame God for a curse that we brought upon ourselves because of poor conduct. But we can give Him credit for showing us what we need to do to turn things around. And as we start walking in the right direction, we can experience the acceleration of deliverance and freedom by the power of the Spirit because two thousand years ago he became a curse for us so that we could become blessed. You can live in freedom. You can be free. You can be free. So what's the basic pattern for it? You have to recognize what's going on. You have to repent of it. In other words, change your mind. Go in a different direction. You have to renounce your activity and you have to resist the devil when he comes back to you with it. James chapter 4 and verse number 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When the Bible says that I'm to resist, to, to submit myself to God, that means I'm to submit myself to God's processes, I'm to submit myself to God's word, I'm to submit myself to God's way of doing things. And so when I submit myself to God, then that gives me the opportunity or the right to resist the devil and tell him, buddy, you are on fire. Foreign soil, get out of here. Your life does not belong to the devil. It belongs to God. I feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to say this tonight. Your life doesn't belong to your past. It belongs to God. We don't need to let our past hold us back. We need to say, Lord, from this day forward, I repent of wrong thinking. I repent of wrong activity. I repent of wrong conduct. I repent of wrong talking. I repent of all of these wrong... Lord, I repent of these things. And Lord, I'm going to ask you to realign me and reassign me and reconnect me and re-network me with people of like precious faith so we can accelerate forward and do exploits for the kingdom of God. My goodness, I feel like a Pentecostal preacher. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the specific steps are this. 
Here's specific steps. The basis is that we recognize, we recognize what's going on. Secondly, you know, we recognize there's a problem, that there's a curse. And we recognize that there's a curse because there's a cause. We discover the cause. We examine it, find out if the cause is linked to conduct. If the cause is linked to conduct, we repent of that conduct. We get in the Word. We allow the Word of God to illuminate our life and to illuminate our path. So we recognize that. We repent. We renounce the hidden things of darkness... And we embrace the light of God's gospel, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, resist the enemy. Now here are the specific steps that I want to share with you. Number one, we establish a clear scriptural basis for advancing forward. I read to you Galatians chapter 3 verses 10 through 14, so I don't need to read that to you anymore. Anymore. This is where the Bible said he redeemed us, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 8 in the NIV says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. When that curse tries to come into your life, you say, wait a minute, you don't belong here. I have rights. I have rights. So you are establishing your scriptural basis for freedom. That's why you read it out loud. There's something about the Logos word being read out loud. Somewhere between the written word and when it comes out of your mouth, it gets kissed by heaven and becomes the rhema or the God-breathed word of God. God's word is anointed. That's why it needs to be in the atmosphere in your home and it needs to be in the atmosphere in your life. So when the enemy comes to you and tries to curse you, you just say, I can't be cursed because I'm blessed. And oil and water don't mix. And blessed people don't live under curses. Cursed people don't live in the blessing. No, I choose to be blessed because I have the right to be blessed based on my position in Christ Jesus as a son of God, an heir of God, and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure of His will. With His pleasure and His will to the praise of His glorious grace which He hath freely given us in the one He loves. In whom (laughs) we have redemption. Redemption. Through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. (laughs) We have redemption. Touch your neighbor and say, You are redeemed. All right. Now, now, help me preach this thing. You ready? I mean, we're, I, I'm trying to wind down here, but I'm, this, stuff, this kind of stuff cranks me up. You know it does. Listen, listen very closely. You tell your neighbor, say, you're not going to be redeemed. You are redeemed. So why do we let the devil give us so much trouble. 
We're redeemed. We're redeemed. The devil will mess with you as much as you allow him to. But always remember that the only power he has over you is what you surrender to him. He gets it through bluff and he gets it through deception. Colossians chapter 1 verses 12 through 14 establishing ourselves, establishing the clear, crystal, clear, scriptural basis for our freedom. Colossians chapter 1 verses 12 through 14 giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified... Oh, good Lord. You mean I'm qualified? He's qualified you... Well, what for? To share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Dr. John, I might pass out. You might have to finish this. Come on, church. We are qualified. The old devil tells you, you know, the doctor said you're going to die, so you might as well get your affairs in order. No, I'm qualified for a miracle. You're going to go broke. You were bankrupt before, and you're going to go bankrupt. I'm qualified for prosperity. Come on now. You are qualified. What qualified you? Do I have to tell you? 2,000 years ago, on a cross called Calvary, he became a curse so that we could become qualified. We're qualified. Mm. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves. Hallelujah. Woo, led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He, he conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. He defeated for one time. He entered in one time. How come he only entered in one time to the, into the holy place? Because that's all it took to obtain eternal redemption for you and I. That's all it took to qualify us. All it took was one sacrificial lamb from heaven, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. One cross, one Savior, one blood to obtain eternal redemption for all of humanity but not only eternal redemption for you and I it also obtained a blessing for us so we could enjoy the journey while we're on our way to heaven you don't have to live sick, you don't have to live in poverty well you don't know the people that I work with would you please quit being influenced by the enemy Would you for once look at the scriptures and look at Calvary and look at what Jesus did? Lest the cross of Christ be made of none effect and your lifestyle bring him to an open. Why don't you walk in there instead of saying, well, we just need to embrace and just help him cross the river. Why don't you walk in there and every day say, Lord, I'm just waiting for the day I walk down this aisle and people just start popping up and you just raise them right off the deathbed. Good God Almighty. I'm crazy enough to believe that he still opens blind eyes. That he still unstops deaf ears. I'm crazy enough to believe that. Why? Because of Calvary. Because of the cross. 
The sacrifice has been made. The price has been paid. We have been qualified to walk in His power. He rescued us from the dominion of the enemy and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that He loves. And when He got us there, He said, I'm going to change your identity and no longer are you going to be a friend of God, but you're going to be a son of God and a joint heir with the Son that I love. And so now I love you for God so loved the world. Okay. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Luke chapter 10, verses 19 through 20. Establishing the biblical basis, the scriptural basis for our freedom. Jesus said, I've given you authority. Jesus said, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, i got to hurry here. Okay. Specific steps. We have to establish a clear scriptural basis. If we want to be free from a curse, the second thing we have to do is we have to confess our faith in Jesus Christ. Number three, we have to commit ourselves to obey God's word. Number four, we need to confess our sins to God. Not just our sins, but the sins of our family, the sins of our ancestors. We're breaking generational curses here. Some people say to me, they say, five or six years ago you came to this church and there were 17 people and now look how many is here on Sunday morning. What is the secret? I keep going back. I keep, you know, we'll talk about all of the different things that we've done, but I keep going back to that Wednesday night the second Wednesday night that I was here, when the Lord led me to stand in the pulpit, in the big old bulky pulpit, you know, that we had with the pews and the pink carpet and all that kind of stuff. You know, the Lord led me to stand there and lead this church in a prayer of repentance of the sins of their past. And we said, Lord, we ask you to forgive this church. We ask you to forgive us because I'm part of the church now, you know. Lord, we ask you to forgive us of every wrongdoing, of everything that was... Lord, we just ask you to forgive us of that, Lord. And we did. We prayed. We prayed and asked God to forgive us. We prayed and asked God to release us. And we prayed God that God would bless our enemies. And we prayed those things. And all of a sudden, the church just started populating. People started coming. Some people say, well, it's because you, you know, renovated the place. It's because you changed things. It's because of different styles. I really think it's because we broke a generational curse that had been placed on this church. Some of you that were here before I got here and hadn't been here for a long time and are back home now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You probably know more about it than I do. I knew nothing about the history of this church, but I haven't had enough discernment within the first week and a half to know that there was a spiritual war that was going on over this church and it was based on curses. And we broke them. And we broke them. Specific steps. And I've said many times, you don't confess your sins to one another, you confess your sins to God. The Bible says you confess your faults to one another. Forgive all people who have wronged you. That's hard, isn't it? but we have to do it. Renounce all contact with the occult. Get rid of all contact objects. I'm giving you specific steps. What is a contact object? I don't care if it's a family heirloom. 
If it's occultic in nature, you don't need it in your life. And then after all of that is said and done, then release yourself from that in the name of Jesus. Make your declaration of faith. Lord, I release all of that in Jesus' name. I embrace my future. I thank you, God, for your blessing. Last scripture, Proverbs 2 and verse 8. God guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful one. He keeps the path of judgment and preserves the way of the saints. God's on your side. He's on your side. All right. Did you all learn anything tonight? All right. Let's all stand. Thank you for joining us today on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number 4, jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.